Armchair Detectives. Hi, I'm Rebecca. I'm Sarah. And I'm Allie, and you're listening to Desk Chair Detectives. Okay. This one is very different for me. Ooh. How so? It's, is it spooky or stabby, to quote Rebecca? <laughs> <laughs> spooky or stabby? It's, I would say it's more spooky, but also, like, no one gets murdered. Spoiler is there, like, a away. hint of stabby? Is there a hint of stabby? Not like death stabby, no. but like recreational. No, 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 recreational. No. Like a sexy stabby. No, <laughs> no. You can cut that out. I'm not gonna leave no. that in. No, please leave. <laughs> Tracy, don't listen to this one. <laughs> it is like, like I, I think I like message you guys. It's like worst nightmare situation. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Okay, I'm gonna jump into it. Yay. Okay. Uh, so. I don't know about you, but for me, one of the most annoying things like ever is waking up in the middle of the night and realizing you have to go to the bathroom. Oh, I hold agree? it. My mom calls me a camel. <laughs> I hold right? it too. You have <laughs> to like make that thing. decision, right? Like, do I get up yep. or do I go? Well, little did Harrison Okene know that deciding to get up from his, from his sleep to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night would actually end up saving his life okay interesting wait so does that mean Allie and I next time we have to pee in the middle of the night we should get up and not hold it you might die you never know well I don't think you're going to be in the situation like he is in hopefully knock on wood Uh, what around me speak (laughs) knock on your head I mean in the (laughs) words of Justin Bieber never say never but (laughs) never say never that was beautiful (laughs) thank you scholar justin bieber (laughs) so in the very early morning of sunday may 26 2013 three tugboats were towing a huge oil tanker in the gulf of guinea i must say i did not expect this (laughs) to start out by mentioning tugboats is he sleeping in a room on the tugboat maybe listen and find out (laughs) Um, and this is about 20 miles off the coast of Nigeria. For those of you who don't know, I'm going to pretend like I knew this and didn't have to Google every <laughs> fact that I'm about to say. Um, the Gulf of Guinea is in the Southeast Atlantic Ocean. Yeah. Yeah. Where's <laughs> Nord? Um, and is rich with petroleum laden layers of sedimentary seabed. Mm, how smart did me. i just sound <laughs> really did. that was good did you go to uh, college or something <laughs> barely <laughs> uh, my school almost loses accreditation every year um you think i'm kidding <laughs> so there are a lot of offshore oil rigs drilling into this part of like the seabed so these tugboats were bringing an oil tanker from this offshore drilling like site to a different area to refuel they needed three tugboats because two of them kind of like hugged either side and then the one out in front was like tethered to the boat and was actually like pulling it okay um and this main boat out in front is the one that we're interested in for this story it was manned by 12 crew members and the boat was called the jascone four okay mm-hmm. okay this specific morning, the seas were extremely choppy, 
and just before 5 a.m., the Jascon 4 was hit by a massive wave on the side of it. This wave caused the tow line from the oil rig to the tugboat to snap, and the boat capsized. Ooh, that's not that's good. scary. That's yeah. definitely scary. So, unfortunately, it was extremely hard for any of the crew members to escape before the boat sank due to these recent safety protocols that the boat had like just started doing wait so they they couldn't get out before that because of safety yes because um in this time specifically um pirates were a huge problem in this area like not like johnny Depp pirates like i'm the captain now pirates for like that what is the oh that's a good movie tom hanks movie yeah Captain, uh, Captain Phillips, Phillips. Yeah, yeah, that's a yeah. good one. Um, so they had created this protocol where when you went to bed at night, you had to lock yourself into the like bedrooms. Oh, that's not safe. Yes. Oh my so it God. was like the idea was like if pirates board the ship, they can't get into mm. each room, right? Wow. Um so <laughs> they just have like a lot working against them. One, it's like not even five o'clock in the morning. So they're asleep and then they're woken up to like their boat thrashing around. And now they have to try to find like a key to actually like open their door. Right. Oh my God. Yep. So a lot of them were trapped inside, but the oh, only crew. <laughs> so it was like, oh, that makes my like chest heavy. Yep. Ugh. And the only crew member known not to be in their bed was the boat's cook, Harrison Okene. He had gotten up to use the bathroom around 4.50 a.m. He was only dressed in his underwear. As you would. Yeah, that's a big jar. It's a pickle jar. For those of you listening, Sarah's (laughs) drinking out of a pickle jar. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, sorry. I drink out of pickle wow, jars. Wow, what a big jar you have. My, yeah. um, my uh, off-brand crystal light out of a pickle jar. <laughs> we believe in keeping it classy on this podcast. Yeah. I mean, and I also, think it's kind of cute. How it sustainable. Is cute. Look at you. Yeah. I, bought, yeah. I bought my giant water jug for like $29 off of yeah. Amazon when I could have just reused a pickle jar. Stop and shop or shop right pickle brand. Does it have remnants of pickle taste? No, I've washed it a lot. Okay, good. Because I feel like that's a strong taste. Surprisingly, it depickled pretty quick. Oh, good. Yeah. That's comfortable. Anyway, <laughs> back to the worst night of this man's life. <laughs> so, um, when the chaos started and the boat overturned, Harrison had to force the um, force open the bathroom door against the water that was rushing in so like for this whole portion just picture the titanic that movie when like all the poor people are downstairs trying to run out when the water's rushing in right he was able to actually get the door open and when it when he finally did that he could see down this like long skinny hallway that three other crew members had made it out of their rooms and they were trying to unlock this emergency hatch and he watched as a window in the ship burst and a huge surge of water like just ripped them away no yeah and like in his mind he was like they did like he just knew that there was no way that they were going to survive um before he knew it the another surge had started to push harrison around and it was like knocking him into walls and stuff um and he ended up being pushed down a narrow hallway into another bathroom 
that was in an officer's cabin. Somehow in this chaos, Harrison was able to grab hold of um, like this sink that was like attached to the wall in this tiny little bathroom as the ship continued to rapidly sink. When it finally hit the bottom of the sea, it had landed upside down around a hundred feet below the surface. Wait, I think I actually know the story now that you're telling okay. now we got to this part. It's it's really good. Yeah, you'll yeah. I think you might yeah, know when I, I get to the know. part. Yeah. It's good. But there's a specific reason why I picked this one. <laughs> and I was gonna say this is just like you not wanting to do Titanic, but a different <laughs> boat craft. Harrison really looks like uh what's his name? Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> and then she got on the door (laughs) (laughs) they she moved over and made room for him yes the end thank you so much for listening right no unfortunately it does not end like that um (laughs) so the second this boat started to sink there was a rescue operation that went into play um from because the other boats like the two other tugboats were there and they had some other boats come in from around the area and like helicopters um flew over and they were looking for anyone who had made it off the boat a diving crew who had been located nearby even joined in and they were able to locate the wreck and they deployed these like anchors that had buoys at the top to kind of like pinpoint where the ship had landed so they didn't like lose sight of the like where it was where it was yeah harrison could actually hear the anchors hitting the boat and he thought it was like someone to come save him. And he was like banging his fists against the walls in hopes that they would hear him, but no one did. Oh. And unfortunately the divers were not, I say unfortunately like a million times in the story because everything that happens is just like so unfortunate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> di- right. The <laughs> divers who showed up were not uh, properly prepared for a deep diving mission. So they could only stay by the wreck for a short period of time. And when none of the helicopters, boats, or divers saw any evidence of survivors, the rescue mission was called off. Ah. Yeah. So Also, how how are you divers and not prepared for a dive? I think because it was like an emergency and they were just like in the area and they're like, we can come like, yeah, they're like, we're nearby. We can see what we can do. Probably like different levels too, like because you said it hit the bottom of the yeah ocean. yeah so it's well, i'm gonna get into some sciencey stuff too you're gonna be so proud of me i'm ready it's probably all wrong <laughs> uh, <laughs> but little do they know that harrison has some harrison had somehow survived and was trapped inside this boat at the bottom of the sea in the tiny bathroom that harrison ended up in there was a tiny air pocket that allowed him to have just his neck and head above water. He knew that he was not going to survive like this for very long. He knew that he was either going to die from hypothermia, dehydration, or from predators. Harrison could hear things swimming around and eventually inside the ship. I'm I'm not good with this anymore. I know. I'm having so much. My chest is so tight. Just wait. After almost a day trapped in this bathroom, he knew he had to make a move. He built up some courage and dove down into the pitch black. There's no lights on this boat. 
he has been in pitch black just listening because also when you're in the dark like your other senses like heighten right so his like here he could hear like everything that was going on no so I couldn't I couldn't I would just be like is there even any noises down there yeah he he could hear like sharks tapping into the boat trying to figure their way to get in no absolutely not I would drown myself immediately right I would honestly I'm not trying to survive that yeah take me out um so he finally built up the courage and dove down in the pitch black to try to feel his way into the next room somehow when he got into the engineer's office he found another air pocket that was about four feet high so there was like a lot more room and like so many articles I said read said like they have no idea why there was like these giant air pockets like it's very unlikely Hmm. like usually it will like all fill right especially when that's like four feet too yeah yeah pretty big have to ask Um, the uh ship manufacturer for that one yeah right (laughs) excuse me tugboat company (laughs) squeeze me (laughs) so the good thing was that he had more air and space but the bad thing was that now he was in a much bigger room and was very vulnerable to anything that made its way into the ship Mm-mm. so he managed to jimmy riggs a sort of like platform um he likes st- there was like a mattress at the bottom and he started pulling off like wooden wooden pan- paneling from the sides of the room and really just like anything that he could find to like make this like platform that he could stand on and doing this allowed him to raise about half of his body out of the water um wow. and remember he's like pretty mm-hmm. much naked he's just sitting at the bottom of the ocean in his underwear boxers he's a boxer guy just like imagine like your whole life is just like built up to this moment like i would be in such deep thought be like how did i end up yeah in my underpants at the what did i do (laughs) what did i do to deserve this right right Right. so at this point he's freezing and terrified and he said he tried to think of his family as often as he could and when he felt the most scared he would pray that jesus would save him he was like a very religious man, precious little angel. Um, over time, the elements really started to take a toll on his body and his mind. Obviously, like I said before, a million times, he's freezing. And um, from being in the salt water for so long, it started to like dehydrate him. And oh. the skin on his tongue started to fall off. Blech yeah no it's just oh things that i never thought about yeah happening yeah. to me if i yeah. was at the bottom of the ocean i thought you were gonna say his skin was like super pruney because he's been in the water but no the skin on his tongue falls yeah. off instead disgusting also the noises that this man had to hear would drive anyone insane he was constantly hearing things hit the boat and could also hear the splashing of sea creatures eating the flesh of his deceased crew members stop yeah yep. disgusting like your next too. honestly at that oh point take me. take me yeah. I, I might just like dive deep did you ever at see least deep make blue it a sea? kill shot what yeah <laughs> did you ever see deep blue sea that movie where they're like genetically modifying sharks and i forgot no. the actor but he's like you're messing with the sharks they're gonna start messing with you and the one spoiler alert this movie came out in like 1998 so i don't really care <laughs> but like they need to bring the shark in so that they can like kill it so the lady who was like doing all the bad signs to them she like slit her wrist and jumped in the ocean to like draw it in 
I would just do that. Honestly, I'm not trying to live undersea for the rest of my life. Mm, you yeah. just become a mermaid. <laughs> King Triton. <laughs> um, okay. So thankfully during this time, um, a dive support vessel called the Lewick Toucan, I liked that name, had been making its way to the scene of the wreckage. They were on their way to retrieve the bodies of the lost crew members because remember they said they didn't see any signs of survival. So these divers really had their work cut out for them because the ship had landed in a soft, muddy area that stirred up a, stirred up a lot of like muck, mm-hmm. causing like really bad visibility. Um, and also, like I said, the ship had been locked up from the inside due to the pirate safety protocols so it wasn't like they'd just be able to swim down and go search for everyone they literally had to break into the ship you might have said this but how how long after did they go down do you know so this was now tuesday the ship went down sunday morning this is now tuesday morning and this man is still alive in the boat (laughs) yeah i would be losing my mind like yeah. I hope you had a watch on, maybe. Like, oh, no, have no, no concept of time. Nothing. It's living hell. Yep. <laughs> Honestly, one of these many things that would drive this man insane, one of them would drive me insane. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. He must be a strong guy yeah. mentally, yeah. unlike us. Yeah. Yeah. Stubbing my toe, burning my food. <laughs> like, that drives me crazy. I can't imagine <laughs> sitting in the bottom of the ocean in my underpants. It's terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> Um, and the dive team, this dive team that was going on this mission, um, consisted, it was like, I think there was two different teams and one of them was a team of three. And I just really liked their names. They're all like, I think they're like Swedish or something. Nico Van Heerden, Andrea Eremus, and my favorite name, Daryl Ustazen. <laughs> and yeah, I'm hundred percent saying that's right. Thank you, thank you. I practiced. Did you did you look up what the what how to pronounce them? Nope. Because I do remember when I did that for Saudi and I made <laughs> a super, super jersey. <laughs> it's like Stott is the name. <laughs> Can you? You should say all of those names again in a Jersey accent. I don't know if I can. <laughs> so there was these three guys, um, and they were determined to bring the deceased home so that their loved ones could lay their bodies to rest. And something kind of neat, I thought, was that Nico, this one guy on the rescue team, he had a microphone and a camera on him that were like live streaming back to the Lewick Toucan, their boat, where their, his supervisor could watch and kind of talk them and guide them through the mission, right? So he had like, their supervisor had like a blueprint. It's really honestly like the Titanic, like, you know, and they're like, Uh, they have that little camera down there that they're like doing it's pretty cool so this dive team had to spend about an hour trying to break through a watertight door and then a secondary door to even get into the ship the divers eventually made it inside and described it as being very disorienting because they were swimming in the boat that was upside down so like the ceiling was the floor and the floor was the ceiling and the water was like so murky you can like barely see your hand in front of you yeah. Um, there was also they're also bumping into a ton of ton of dangerous like obstacles inside the boat like floating furniture and equipment and stuff and also 
bodies. Did they see any sharks? They didn't see any sharks. I think there was probably oh, too much funny. commotion from like the banging, trying to break open the door, probably scared mm-hmm. them away. But true. they did find very quickly, they started to recover bodies and they found um, right away four deceased crew members. Um, and then Nico decides to start crawling up the stairs to the main deck, which was pretty scary for him because it was really tight space, like just as a normal person but then he has all this like diving equipment on too so he's like slowly making his way when all of a sudden he starts to freak out because something comes out of the murky water and like bumped him on the shoulder and he swung around super fast thinking he was like a shark or like some sea creature but it turned out to be the last thing he was expecting flashback to harrison who had really (laughs) started to give up hope at this point um but then all of a sudden he hears the banging on the metal doors and he's like oh my god it's the diver it's like rescue divers they're like here to help me so he starts banging on the walls again but no one could hear him so a little while while later he's just like hanging out like did i actually hear that like questioning himself he sees a flash of light moving past the door but the diver did not turn into the cabin that he was in So Harrison was like, okay, I have to do something. Like, they're never going to find me. So he dove down into the water and started to follow the light. And he was like, he knew he had to get this guy's attention, but he also knew that, like, he was about to scare the living daylights out of this dude, right? (laughs) But he's like, and he was scared that, like, the guy was going to have a knife or something for, like, protection and, like, stab him. Um, so he decided that the best course of action was just to do a friendly little tap on the shoulder. <laughs> That's what I would have done. It's like, how else are you supposed to do it? Right. So at that point, he's probably holding his breath for a really long time. Yeah. Like, hurry yeah. up and notice yeah. me. He's like delusional. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh-huh. the best thing and the reason why I picked this case was this whole encounter was caught and rec- on tape and recorded. When, no. Nico, when <laughs> Nico feels the tap, and turns around he thought he swam into a dead body because he saw a hand coming towards him and so he reached out to grab it and to his surprise the hand grabbed him back <laughs> Harrison squeezes, right Harrison squeeze and you see this all I'm going to show you the video obviously yes Harrison squeezed his hand back to indicate that he was indeed alive and he needed help so in the video you see the moment when Nico sees the hand and you can hear his supervisor saying oh, you found another one, thinking that it was a dead body. And then Harrison grabs onto Nico's hand. Nico starts freaking out. And you hear the supervisor yelling, he's alive, he's alive. And then you hear him say, oh, I don't know what we're going to do. And then, okay, keep him calm, keep him calm. Reassure him, tap him on the shoulder, give him a thumbs up. I'm like, (laughs) I can't. Uh, oh my god i would be losing my mind if i was either one of them (laughs) it's insane it's literally like the weirdest video i've ever seen in my life so the diver then goes up into the air pocket with harrison and like you see the moment when his camera comes out of the water and you just see harrison standing there like he looks like scared and disoriented and you can see his like tongue is swollen um yeah So the divers could not believe they just found a survivor after so long, but knew that getting him out alive was going to be an incredibly hard task. The maximum depth for recreation diving is 130 feet, 
And usually they recommend recreational divers don't stay at a hundred feet or below for more than 20 minutes. This guy has been down there for so long because Harrison had been confined in the air pocket for so long. They estimated that he used up almost all of the oxygen. He was also in danger from the amount of CO2 building up. So this is some sciencey stuff right here. And um, I like kind of understand it, but let me know if it doesn't make sense. (laughs) So CO2 is obviously like what we breathe out, right? And it has a concentration and it is fatal to humans when there's a concentration in your blood or in like in your system about 5%. Okay. Mm -hmm. So like, that's not a lot of percent. This guy was down here for a long time. So like he should have died by now. Right. Cause Mm -hmm. you think too, like, they tell you when you're like in a small space, like don't take deep, big breaths, like stay calm. And like my butt would have been laying down on that mattress, like not moving, like trying to attract sharks. But because he was like splashing around and building this raft and stuff, what he didn't know, he was inadvertently like buying himself more time because like moving water will absorb some of the CO2 from the air. So by Hmm. him like doing all these things, he was like accidentally saving his own life. And I just thought that was like kind of neat. Yeah, that's cool. Um, They did notice though, um, when they got to him that he was definitely starting to show signs of CO2 poisoning, which is like short of breath and delirious. So they knew they had to act, they had to act fast, but they also couldn't act too fast because of this thing called the bends yes or like decompression sickness Mm -hmm. so um that's pretty much like when your body goes from two different pressures too quickly um your like your blood releases nitrogen bubbles which depending on how deep you are or how much pressure you were under it could cause stuff from like rashes but then if you're really far down like he was really far down it can cause death and like paralysis and all this stuff so it's like very very dangerous so it's pretty much like they had to figure out the best plan of action to like obviously get him out quick enough where he's not going to die from the elements but also not get him out too quickly so he doesn't die from this decompression sickness right so the plan that they came up with was to have him sit where he was for another 20 minutes with the oxygen tank on i would have been like get me out yeah, of no. here like those I'm 20 minutes probably second, felt right? forever forever right so after the 20 minutes they then put a diving helmet on him and a harness um and they were going to start swimming him out of the boat but they were really scared that he was going to start like freaking out once they started to move him but th- during this whole thing he remained like super calm and like collected and they the divers were actually like really impressed with how well he like did under the circumstances um so they took him from the boat and then led him to this thing called the diving bell um, which is like a chamber used to transport divers from the surface to different depths and then back up um in open water and it pretty much looks it kind of looks like a solo cup type thing Mm -hmm. like you know when you put a cup into water how air stays in it it's kind of like that so it just like lifts him up slowly Hmm. um so at around 7 p.m. on Tuesday, the 28th of May. Remember, the boat went down on Sunday. Sunday. 7 p.m., he finally arrived back at the surface. 
He was extremely disoriented, thinking that it was only Sunday evening. He thought he'd only been down there for 12 hours. He had no idea. So you could imagine the shock when they told him that he had actually been down there for over two days. It was only like 60 hours. Honestly, though, it's better that he thought he was only there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, right? They're like, oh, my God, how old am I now? Yeah. So when he, he was rushed from the diving bell into a decompression chamber where he had to sit for another two and a half days. Why? To like, to let his body like naturally like decompress from being down there for so long. Oh my God. I would just want to be in my bed. That's so interesting though. Like he had to sit there for that long. Yeah. It's just nuts. Um, So amazingly, Harrison made a full recovery from this ordeal and was able to return home uh, to Wari, Nigeria. Unfortunately for Harrison, the trauma um, of what happened to him continued to affect his daily life. He suffered from survivor's guilt. Mm-hmm. He suffered from survivor's guilt. Okay, email, we get it. I'm going to kill you, <laughs> Melissa. <laughs> he suffered from survivor's guilt and severe PTSD. His wife said that every night he wakes up screaming, thinking he is still trapped. Harrison described his survival story as a miracle, but the memories of his time in the darkness will still haunt him. He said, this is a quote from him. When I am at home, sometimes it feels like the bed I'm sleeping in is sinking. I think I'm still in the sea again. I jump up and I scream. I don't know what stopped the water from filling that room. I was calling on God. He did it. It was a miracle. And when he went home, this part made me really sad, right? Like he didn't attend any of the other crew members' funerals because he, one, he felt like so guilty. Like, why did I get to survive and they had to die? And then also like in this part, like in his culture, people are very religious, but also like very superstitious. And they thought that like he had used, um, like people started spreading rumors that he had used like black magic to Mm. save himself and like um so like some people like were really mean to him about like surviving when like it was literally a miracle there was nothing he could have done you know yeah wow um so although harrison swore never to go near the ocean he became a certified commercial diver in 2015 wow right the rescue diver who discovered him at the bottom of the ocean presented him with his diploma. Shut oh, up! Right? I thought that was so nice. That would never be me. You'd no. never see yeah, it. Right? Like, beach, I don't care how hot it is. I'm not yeah. going in the water. No. Nope. I wouldn't even take a bath or yep. a pool, go in a pool. Never. Are, are, are they besties now, Nico and Harrison? I mean, I didn't find any proof that said they are, but in my mind, they like go on like diving trips together. And, yeah, like, I bet. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to believe that too. Right. So of the 12 crew members aboard the JASCON 4, there was one rescued survivor and 10 recovered bodies. The 12th member was never recovered. Mm-hmm. And Harrison is the only person in the world known to have survived on the seafloor for almost three days. That's insane. That's terrifying. Is the survival story of Harrison O'Kenney. Wow. I remember seeing the video. Like as soon as you told me the ship went all the way down, I was like, 
Oh yeah, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> it is Terrifying. insane. So obviously now I'll show you. I should have had this strong stuff. guy. Right? Like I would have been dead within five minutes. Same. Because I, I would have left that little hole. Yeah. I, I, I yeah. Allie, you and I wouldn't have got up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom. So no, we would we would have been <laughs> dead on impact. Yeah. <laughs> this is the video. His breathing is the worst part of it. It's scary. It's like he's in, on the moon. Yeah. How did they see anything? Right. So you 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 can't see anything until they're right up on it. So you see like there's like doorways. Alright, how are you doing, Nick? Just talk to me and I'll help you, eh? Okay, so have you come into the next deck? Onto the main deck? Alright, so you should be walking on the on the on the ceiling, yeah? Okay. What's that? Okay. Alright, you found one, yeah? He's alive, he's alive. Okay, keep him there, keep him there. Alright. Just just, right. just hold him there, okay? Just keep him there. Fucking hell. Keep him there, okay? Right. No, he, 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 goes, he says fucking hell, I don't know what we're yeah. going to do. Right. Just, uh, <laughs> just reassure him, pet him on the shoulder. So you yeah. can see all like the trash he piled up. Okay. That's the part I remember. Alright. Alright. Okay, okay, just, just reassure, reassure him. him. Give him a thumbs up and reassure him. Okay, reassure him. Keep reassuring him. How oh. insane. That like... That's scary. I like, can't breathe. For... I know. Oh my god. Right? The poor man. And the thing that like kills me too is um, he was the only one on board that wasn't like a trained boatsman or you know like he yeah. was the cook oh my yeah. god that's crazy yeah i just remembered you said that like ever i don't know if anyone else would have had any better idea of what to do in that situation because they had that experience but i wasn't even thinking that he was the cook so like he might this was just like an easy job for him to do yeah like i'm sure a lot of these people have been on boats their whole lives and yeah they've seen like bad storms and stuff and it's just oh. nuts to me. He just if he wasn't like if he wasn't in that bathroom when this happened, he would have died too. Yeah. Like everything timed up perfectly for him to survive. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. What a crazy story, man. I know. So I wow. wanted to do one that was a little different for me. It wasn't uh Yeah. But I know. Well, like... I'm trying to spice it up a little bit, you know. <laughs> Throw one in there. Yeah. yeah. Alien abduction. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Survival story. Boom. <laughs> whatever Rebecca does next week boom (laughs) (laughs) well what I picked what I'm actually I think I'm done with mine for next week whoa Um, it has three spooky slash stabbing things in one story it's it's definitely spooky stabby yeah (gasps) spooky stabby wow okay say goodbye Great job. Thank you. Congratulations. Bye. Sources for this episode include explorersweb.com slash great survival stories, Harrison O'Kenne, the accidental aquanaut, gcaptain.com, stuck in a shipwreck, Jascon 4, Cook discusses unlikely survival, oedigital.com, bodies recovered after Jascon 4 capsizes, 
dcndiving.com. Divers Rescue Survivor from Jesscon 4. Longstreth.com. Community articles. The Rescue of Harrison O'Kenney. LiveScience.com. How to Survive Underwater for Three Days. And Mr. Ballin, Insane Survival Stories, Part 1. Death chair.